Hi class, welcome to the chapter four. This chapter will be talking about uh, social ethics and legal issues in the digital forums. Our focus will be that we need to know what social, ethical and legal issues are raised by the information systems and the new age of the information system. What specific principles to conduct can be used to guide the ethical decisions? Why do contemporary information system technology and the internet pose challenges to the protection of privacy individual privacy and intellectual properties. How have information system affected everyday life? Privacy is the target. <clears throat> Online activity is tracked as ad as this are displayed depending on your activities. Uh, behavioral targeting allows businesses and organization to more precisely target the desired demography or demographics. Google uses tracking files to monitor users' activity on the thousand of site. Businesses monitor activity on their site to better understand the customer. Demonstrate IT role in organization, organizing and distributing information. We will illustrate the ethical question inherent in online information gathering. So then increase use of behavioral targeting has draw attention of parliament and the office of privacy commissioners. In US, national security agencies keeps phone and email logos and use Facebook to create maps of social connection. The ethical and the moral question is understanding what right individuals have in their own personality identifiable internet profile and how much private are willing to give up or privacy are willing to give up in order to receive more relevant ad. <clears throat> Those are all the dilemma questions all need to be addressed by technology firms and technology companies. Now, there is issues that understanding ethical and social related to the system. So um, there is a, we can go through them. It's a recent example of failed ethical judgment by a senior managers. Now, overall, the relationship between ethical, social, and political issues in the information society. 
It is the the relationship it is the introduction of new information technology has ripple effect, raising and new ethical, social, and political issues that must be dealt with individual, social, and political level. These issues have five moral dimensions, information right and obligation property rights and obligations, system quality, quality of life and accountability and control. So if you look at it, it is made of, first of all, information right and obligations. Then what kind of obligation when you have, what kind of information you have right for it and what's the obligation when you get access to this information. And then you have the property right and obligation is your information is whatever you own and your information is your property rights and what kind of an obligation you have toward keeping this uh, or exposing this information. Then we look at the accountabilities and control and system qualities and then the quality of life. These are the five things that affecting today information technologies and system. So under these, due to <clears throat> political issue, social issue, and ethical issues, uh, information system is has to take these into consideration and due to quality of life uh, in societies and individual the information technology and the system has to take into their consideration now the five moral dimension of the information age is information right, as we said, and its obligations, property right and obligations, accountabilities and control, system equality and quality of life. Um, <clears throat> technology trends that raise the ethical issue Things like trends like uh, computing powers is being doubled every 18 months. More organization depends on a computer system for a critical operation. Per day, the life of an American is depend to, to a 250 computing system. It's been new, you know, used and processed. On the other hand, the data storage costs rapidly decline, as you know from the last class, and then organizing can easily maintain detailed database on the individual. And now with the um, database management and database engineering made it much, much easier to store these data. <clears throat> there is what you call, which is the called data analysis advances. So the companies can analyze vast quantity of data gathered on the individual to develop the detailed profiles of individual behavior. And when we talk about these, we'll break some example. 
networking advances, copying data from one location to another, uh, and accessing uh, personal data from the remote location or both became much easier. And you know, the mobile devices growth impact individual cell phone may be tracked without user concern or knowledge. <clears throat> so there is something called NORA or N-O-R-A or non-obvious relationship awareness. And NORA technology can take information about people from this, uh, different uh, sources and find an obscure, uh, non-obvious relation. It might discover, for example, that an application for a job at a casino shares a telephone number with a known criminal and issue at the alert to the hiring manager. The system initially was built by the by Canadians and then shared to the with US, and now it's used in many security uh, departments, especially the uh, you know the government security. So it's basically what it looks looks at the watch list, <clears throat> incident and systems, customer uh, transaction system, telephone record, and human records, and all gets together. Um, um, standardization match and marriage, and then you have some kind of a NORA alert. Another way, they look at, you know, sometimes they look at things that even the person himself uh, doesn't know he's going in that direction, but issues like he's buying, I don't know, a gun, he's trying to go hunt, and he's flying a plane, and, you know, is joining, uh, communicating with some suspicious group. All these things will result that this person might be in the future some kind of, you know, a terrorist or something like that. So these are they they are driving things that even a person does not know about it now. Now. Um, the ethics of an information society, there is a basic concept, which is responsibilities. And it's about accepting the potential cost, duties, obligation for your decision. And then we're talking about accountability, which is the mechanisms for identifying resp uh, responsible parties. And then reliability or liabilities, experiment uh, uh, individual to recover damage done to them. So these are the three basic concepts that we use on a daily basis in any activities. When it comes to the ethic analysis in this case, we need to, first of all, identify in general and describe the facts clearly. Define the conflict or the dilemma and identify the higher order values involved. We also need to identify the stakeholders, identify the option that you can 
reasonably take and identify a potential consequences of your option. It is very complicated, looks simple, but it's a very complicated procedures. And here is that always comes in what's ethical and right for you does not mean an ethical and right for somebody else. Let me give you another example. If you are having some kind of a shop, and according to in Canada, all these Nike uh, uh, operation overseas in Thailand and Bangladesh considered to be a sweatshop according to our standard. And it's unethical to operate that way. Yet, if you look at it from Bangladesh point of view, might be they not looking at it in that way. And that can be a, a, a way that they can have an ends meet. We, we're not gonna take more details on this dilemma uh, and we will be probably, as the chapter moves on, explain more. Um, now, the candidate ethical principles you, there is different school of thought who explain what's ethics and what's unethics. Well, probably you might be using them all as a standard or with some of them. The golden rules, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So do whatever you do to others according to what you like them to do for you. The, the Immanuel Kant's categories imperative says, if an action is not right for everyone to take, then it is not right for anyone. And Descartes, well, you know, the philosopher rules of change, if an action cannot be taken repeatedly, then it is not right to be taken at any time. These are one of some of the uh, ethical rules or principles that you can use in your daily work. There's what you call a utilitarian principle, which is uh, take the action that achieved, achieves the target value for all concerned. And that could be always heard something, all the roads gets to Roma or uh, the target will justify the means and that could be a very dangerous thing to work with it. Then you got risk aversions principle that it takes the action that proceeds, proceed, produce uh, the last harm or at least potential cost you measure everything and see which one it will do a less harm. You're still gonna do harm and you take that one. And here's the action comes in, the next question comes in for this one. So are we talking about how heavy is the harm or how many times it's happening? So these are two things that you need to look at it and it gets more complicated. 
And the last ethical, probably ethical, no free lunch rule. Assume that all tangible and intangible objects are owned by someone else, unless there is a specification or a specific declaration otherwise. <clears throat> so as you notice, these are rules, you always can apply them. You do apply some of them unknowingly, but they are there. But on, on the other hand, is also there is what you call professional codes of conduct. And there is so many of them, whether in uh, accounting, whether in uh, law, whether in, uh, you know, um, uh, insurance, there is some, uh, you know, codes that you need to be part of it. And it is a promises by professional to regulate themselves for in the in the general interest of the societies, promulgated by associations such as Canadian Medical Association or CMA. You heard of the Canadian Bar Association for Lawyers or CBA. You have the Canadian Information Processing Society, CIPS. You have the Association of uh, Computing Machineries. There is so many of them in a market. Um, I think there is for the insurance something called FISC also, financial something, uh, I don't know, it's called FISC anyway. But the real world ethical dilemmas is using this technology to reduce the workforce. Are we using these technology to reduce the workforce or allocating the workforce somewhere better for them? So are we using the technology to reduce the workforce, selling subscriber information to advertisers? Sometimes we get all these subscribers and we sell them as Google does, for example, pay-per-click, employees using corporate IT for personal use. You dig in and you find out the person for a personal use, uh, whether he's one, he, he's short in the money. Uh, if you are working in a bank and you use that for exposing the person. Um, using IT to monitor employees, and this is, one of the funny stories that in Dubai, um, they had a very successful implementing of cameras everywhere. An average, I think something around 75 pictures taken from you daily for every individual in Dubai. And China's a very successful, yet the, you know, the Western were saying they've been monitoring people there, but when had this COVID-19, these tools were helping to monitor people, to follow them and find out where they've been and how this thing, we have developed similar application, but more privacy in that. Now, the same thing, same implication, they wanted to implement it in Iraq and the Ministry of Interior, the police there, they, they 
stopped it, they sabotaged it, they destroyed the cameras because they thought these cameras is not to monitor the people or for, for, from, for any crime. They are there to monitor the police, whether he's standing there or not. So it, it is causing an issues. On the other hand, for example, we tried hard to, to you know, long time ago to have some kind of a collaboration suites between uh, employees of Kuwait, government of Kuwait, and outside. And what's happened in this case, um, you know, Kuwaitis at least will they will get two, three trips outside the country for some kind of a training. They get paid and they enjoy the trip and all everything is free. So if we put they had this calculation in their mind saying, well, if, if we put these kind of uh, tools for communication and collaboration, um, we will be traveling less and we don't want to travel less. So it is a funny way how the people perceive that. So using an IT is to monitor employees or to help them. Um, <clears throat> one of the first implementation in Saudi Arabia was uh, implemented banner there. We implemented banner there. And uh, uh, students, banner, the same application that's used by your college, some of your colleges. Um, the students start saying, oh, this application is built to monitor us. And they did not look at this application hope support them to you know have this wonderful advanced education. So we there was some resistance of not having this application running there. Anyway, so the moral dimension of information system, information right, the privacy and the freedom in the internet age. Do we have that? That's a good question. Privacy. It is a claim of individual to be left alone, free from the surveillance, interference from other individual organization or the status. The funny thing here, the ironic thing that we are paying as individual to be monitored. So we're having all these mobiles in our hand, we're utilizing them, but we're not putting enough, you know, restriction or rules not to have a third party is monitoring us. So it's basically what we are doing. We're paying for these people to monitor us. There's another privacy called Personal Information Protection and Electronic Document Act. Very important. It's called PIPEDIA or PIPEDIA. PIPEDIA is established principle for collection, use, and disclosure of personal information uh, enforced in Canada very well. And the province have uh, usually parallel legislation. So there is a PIPEDIA or PIPEDA or, um, you know, enforced by the federal government. And then you got each province has its own also or add-on on it. Now, 
10 principles of Canadian Standards Association Privacy Code is accountability, identifying the purpose. There should be a consent. There is, should be a limiting of co collection of information, uh, necessary information. There, with that collection, there should be a limiting use, disclosure, and retention. There will have to be an accuracy, safeguard, and openness, saying that we you have collected this information, and there is an individual access. I can access my information, and there is a, some challenging compliances that organizations should go through it in order to be publicly open to uh, to the society. On the other hand, in, in Europe, the European Directive of Data Protection is more strict. It is in Europe, privacy protection is much more strengthened than North America. European countries do not allow business to use personal identifiable information without consumer prior consent. We noticed recently when you go to any website, there is some window pops out and ask you for allowing their cookies. In the old days, there was cookies, but they're not asking you now. They have to do it in Canada also. So you have to give them their con your consent for it. Now, there is what you call informed consent. Informed consent is consent given with the knowledge of all the facts needed to make a rational decision. So you give them, you understand and have a knowledge, the information that you're giving them of these all information for them in order to make a rational decision benefiting you or you know, benefiting the total society. AU member nation must translate these principles into their own law and cannot transfer personal data to countries such as United States that do not have similar, in, in, in USA, they don't have the similar thing. Canada is pretty much closed, uh, similar to EU system. Canada privacy legislation meets the standard of the European driven on data protections. Now, something called a safe harbor, it's a private self-regulating policies and enforce the mechanism that meet the objective of the government regular and legislation, but does not involve the government regulation and or enforcement. So it's asking you to, uh, you know, accept these rules without the government enforcing it or getting involved in it. So uh, business would be allowed to use personal data from an EU country if they develop a privacy protection policies. And you can use them in Canada or USA if you develop some kind of uh, these standards. So um, 
Now, well, let's get to understand better what's these who is taking our data's information about us and, you know, uh, and store it. There is something called like cookies and identifying browser and track the visit to the site. Super cookies are like a flash cookies. And then you have something called web bacons or web bug, and they are tiny graphic embedded in the emails or web pages usually. Monitor who is reading the email message or visiting the site. There's something called the spyware. I guess you all heard of this, but the definition of the spyware is installed on the user computer and it may transmit a user keystroke or display unwanted ads. And then you have the Google service or behavioral targeting also. We will explain these in the details during the class. So the process of how cookies work and the first step through your browser, Windows XP, Internet Explorer, or you know your email, uh, the web server read uh, first stage read the users as a web browser to determine the operating system browser name, the version number, the internet address, and the other information. So first it takes all the external, the operating things, external information in general. Then once it understand what kind of uh, you're using as a technology, Windows or internet, then it will send, the server will send a transmitter, tiny text find user identification called a cookie. And which the user browser receive it, and store the user's uh, computer hardware. It, it is there, stays there. So this is sometimes you find out that your computer, even after you're deleting an application, is still slowing down because there is not all everything when you delete an application goes away. Some residue stays there, including the cookies, by the way. Then <clears throat> after that, what happened when the user return again to the website, the server requests the content of any code that they already deposited it in, the, in there, in the system and the user uh, previously. So they will get the information who is talking to them. And then the web server goes back on the fourth step with using uh, you know, welcoming you, utilizing the cookies, and also saving your, probably your email. If you have uh, a username, also save it for you. Identify the visitor and call up the whole data about you. So the cookies are written by the website or a website on a visitor hard drive. When the visitor returns to the website, the web server requests the ID number, 
from the cookies and the users is to access the data stored by that server uh, that the visitor has. The website can then use these data to display the personalized information. So far it's not bad, it's normal, but there is so many things that's happening when they might get some information that you are not willing to give it to them. Anyway, we have two, two systems, one's called opt-out and opt-in. And the opt-out is usually allow the collection of personal information unless the customer requests, otherwise says no. So standard, it goes there and take your information unless you tell them no. And this is what you see in European standard and sometimes in Canada also. But then what you call, there is something called opt-in, which is the customer must take action, which is this is, you know, the customer takes that action to approve the collection and the use of the information. This is what you have in, EU and in Canada. So opt-out is basically uh, allows a collection of personal information unless the customer requires, the consumer requests otherwise. The opt-in, the consumer must take action to approve these and use the personal information. So the Privacy Commissioner of Canada has ruled that in most of the situation, opt-in must be used in Canada. And we said opt-in is the consumer must take an action to provide the collection and use of personal and not leaving it up to the <coughs> collector. And so you have to be, you know, promoting and allowing that. There is what you call, they did, you know, there is a, a tool for encrypting emails, making emails or surfing activities. Um, there is tools that we will be talking about them later, how they speed the internet and internet, uh, they called blue, uh, blue chip, very famous use, especially in the, uh, you know, distance communication, Tools, so tools for encrypting email, making an email or surfing activities appears anonymous, preventing client computer from accepting cookies or detecting and eliminating the spyware. For the most part, technical solution do not, technical solution have failed to protect users from being tracked as they move from one side to another side. That is what you say, do not track option on the browser. But if you go to the Google and you click on the right side and look at it, there is, uh, they have purchased an application, a browser where they don't, they cannot track you anymore. Uh, so you can, if you want to go some sites that you don't wanna be tracked, you can utilize that. It will flip suddenly and you will see that, uh, uh, Chrome that you use, uh, Chrome that you use, 
is not trackable uh, and it does not have, it doesn't keep the history. So uh, the site that you are visiting, uh, it's not keeping it as a history. So nobody even can allocate it using your, your uh, PC also. And in that case, you don't need to go and clean the history side and the cookies belong to the history. It's, it's clean, it doesn't keep anything. Now, the trade secrets is intellectual work or a product belong to a business and not to a public domain. Any trade secret is, could be from softwares or from uh, medicine, anything that uh, kept to a private business or belong to a business and not open for the whole public. And the Supreme Court uh, tests for the breach of such confidence. So the information conveyed must be confidential. Information have been communicated in a confidence level and the information must be, must have been misused by the part to whom it was communicated. If you can prove these three steps, you can take the, the somebody who has preached this information to the court and, you know, um, and so that. Here, what we want to talk, we can, you know, these are questions that we can open it for a discussion. Why do mobile phone manufacturing, Apple, Google, and BlackBerry want to track where their customer go? For, you know, justification for the business, extra business and all these things. But there is other things that involve, we're not gonna get here, we're just gonna open it for a discussion later on. Do you think the mobile phone customer should be able to turn off uh, that's this tracking? Should the customer be informed when they are being tracked? Why are one not? Now, do you think mobile Phone tracking is a violation of a person's privacy. Why or why not? Now, most of the people think if they turn off their mobile, there is no tracking for them. And the only way that you can be not tracked is when you put it on the airplane mode, because these are two different industries and they are into conflict. So if you put it on an airphone mode, air, uh, airplane mode, then nothing can be tracked because if it can be tracked, then it could be interfered with the navigation system. So that's the only way if you want it not to be tracked. When you turn it off, they still can listen to you. The camera is accessible for them. So, um, and I think, uh, you know, um, recently, um, Saudi Arabia used this with the Amazon uh, manager, and he they 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 use this application is they bought it from Israel, Saudi Arabia, and they put it in the uh, you know Bezel uh, Bezel uh, uh, mobile by the the prime minister 
uh, or the crown of the guy who's going to be king and currently almost a king, sent some picture to to Jeff, and Jeff opened it, and there were this the, the app. This picture had some apps in it behind it, and grabbed all the information uh, to uh, you know to Saudi Arabia. There's too much to talk about it when it comes to the securities. We will talk more and more during the class. And then this picture was released to the wife of Jeff. And she found out that he is having an affair. So she took him to the court and he lost half of his money to his wife because he's having an affair. And now Jeff is suing the Saudi Arabia for exposing him to this information. And same thing, it's they used it for, you know, Hashir uh, tracking Hashirchi when they when they slaughtered them in the Saudi's embassy in 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 uh, Istanbul. They tracked him through his mobile um and his activities, they found out the contacts, they probably found out that they are, he's about to establish some organization, communicating with a guy in, in, in Canada here, which is originally Saudi anti-government and they're establishing something. So when he was supposed to get married, they asked him to get his papers in, in because his wife is a Turkish, so they had to, he had to go in uh, the embassy in Dubai and in, in uh, Istanbul. I'm sorry, and there they were tracking where he's moving, and they were waiting for him. So the same application that they bought from Israel, they used it uh, in the Hashirchi system, and it's used it for Jeff Bezos and uh, the Amazon CEOs. So um, there is what something is called a uh, copyright and there's such as grant protecting intellectual property from being copied for at least 50 years. Um, we, you know, in the early classes and hopefully we, we can speak about it more is when we talked about tech, technology evaluation centers, and they do have a patent and copyright for the way they do the evaluations for the next 50 years. So they registered their patent. Uh, we had a plan when we started mobile diabetes to register the patent, but we found out it's very expensive and we just didn't go for it. And now some other company have the patent. Um, now, um, the Canadian copyright law protect originally literally literary uh, music, artists, and uh, dramatic works. It also includes the software and prohibited copying of entire program or their part. Now, this is a, something a difficult to manage. How I'm gonna protect the music, or you know, work or artist they could be doing something similar to it and you know they can break out breaking it anyway also the softwares 
is under the umbrella, but in the, in, in the software itself, under the umbrella of World Trade Organization. And any country is a member who wants to be a member of WTO should make sure there is no copycat of any softwares. So we talked about patent is a grant to a creator of invention granting the owner an exclusive monopoly on the idea behind the invention for between 17 to 20 years, basically. Patent law grant a monopoly on underlying the concept and idea of the software, originalities, Abilities and invention are the key concept here. So you need to say how original is your work? Is there invention in it? The, the pattern, the way you work in could be different than the others and the result is different or the way you work or the both. Now, challenges to intellectual property rights is when it comes to the perfect the digital copy costs almost nothing. So you can copy it, you just change the logo, change some stuff, and voila, you have your own application. The sharing of digital content over the internet costs almost nothing. So you can download and have a digital content. The site, software, and service for file trading are not easily regulated. So you can, you know, exchange this file. And a web page may present data from many sources or incorporating framing like WikiLeaks, for example. The accountability and liability and control, computer related liability, there is a problems in it. Um, the difficult to hold the software procedures liable for their software product. So sometimes, um, you know, the, the result of the data, they tell you it's a bug, so we need to fix it. But they don't tell you that there is something problem with their application could be. We had so many, we had a few situation actually from this case where we realized, for example, we went and implemented HR access in the beginning in Saudi Arabia and for IDB, Islamic Development Bank, which is the biggest Islamic bank uh, in the world. And basically after we started running, we found out the system uh, does not uh, you know, accept more than one wife and doesn't, so we had to fix it uh, and you know, fix that bug and the suddenly, the system itself does not accept more than 17, uh, 14 dependents. And some of the employees had more than, more than 14 dependents and they used to pay for the dependents. So also we had to fix it. There was a lots of hassle. So it was, the situation was, uh, you know, hard headaches really. We had a situation also where, you know, on weekend, the the, the operator uh, calculating, you know, for the financial, they, they calculate per minute for the mobile operator. And it was down 
for two hours. So they came to us and they said, it's your application. And according to the, our contract, you have to pay $6 million, uh, 6 million KD, which is around six, $18 million for having two hours down the system. Then we said, it's not our fault. And we went through this negotiation. We're talking with them until a third party, Ericsson, came front and says, no, that was the failure of our hardware. And they paid the $18 million and it wasn't our software because our software had some kind of a benchmarking testing and the bugs were fixed and all these things. So Ericsson came in the front and said, no, it's our hardware's or networking is a problem. So these are issues that whether you, you know, blame it to what hardware, software, implementers, the, the consumer themselves, the users, there are so many things that makes it more complicated. An issue that we can talk about it later on, maybe how um, um, implementers and software suppliers abuse the customer who has a less knowledge to you know push more activities and generate more income from them now the system quality data quality and system errors there is a three principles sources of poor system performance as we said software bugs and errors now always when you do an implementation there is a bug so you should expect these bugs. And it takes between two weeks to one month to, and part of the contract actually, to fix these bugs. Then you might have uh, uh, compatibilities between hardware and the softwares and the operation, or even the connections, the, the facilities failures. And then you might have third party which is garbage in, garbage out, they call it, which is a poor input data qualities. So these are affecting your qualities. So this is the end of the chapter and I'll see you next class.